say hello and gamajoba to Halftime at Midnight, your podcast about Georgian football in English. My name is Emir and I am joined as usual by my co-host over in Costa Rica, Kahi. Hi Emir and hi everybody. It is a pleasure to greet you today on our third episode. We'll have a couple of interesting topics to go through, but before we do so, I wanted to make a special mention. Our main host is aging today, so <laughs> Emir, my brother... Happy birthday to you and the best of the wishes for your upcoming year, full of challenges to you and your beloved ones. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'm feeling like I'm really aging like a, like a fine bottle of Saperavi. <laughs> uh, and as it is one year older, but it also means one more year of following Georgian football, actually. So, um, Correction, correction, suffering with Georgian football. Uh, I mean, suffering, but not as much suffering as the lack of action on the national coach process itself. But before we get into that topic, uh, let's just quickly recap a bit uh, about the last episode. Uh, because on the last episode, we had the pleasure to speak to Daryl, who uh, told us about his experiences uh, coaching in Georgia. But I want to ask you, like, what were your key takeaways from that interview, Gary? Uh, was there anything in particular that you found interesting there? Well, yes, of course. Generally speaking, it was a complete honor to listen to Daryl's experience and comments related to Georgian football. Honestly, I didn't want to make the episode as an interview, but as minutes were running on, I was having more and more questions to him, and I was noticing he was completely up to date in many sensitive topics, and I really wanted to to give him the chance to explain and and to give us his opinion as a Western football developer. But I was personally shocked by the strict methodology in coaching Georgian young talents, as I always considered uh, discipline was lacking in Georgian football, actually. Now, uh, I'm starting to think that it looks somehow like mixing oil with water. I believe there should be a straight balance for sure. But maybe I agree with Daryl that this technical football has to be released and supported. Uh, I loved Derry's methodology, and I really hope he'll, he'll have the opportunity to be back in the Georgian football emir, not only because of him and his passion towards our, our country, which is something to be completely grateful, but also because we really need this kind of brilliant minds coming from the West. And honestly speaking, we won't have many of, of them coming. So, so, yeah, it was really, really constructive. But I noticed that you were also amazed by some details. So what would you say about it? Uh, well, in short, that was uh, my main key takeaway was to hear that uh, that uh, Chiabrishvili is actually uh, a workaholic, as he said. Uh, so mm -hmm. someone who's passionate, uh, which is a good sign to me. I mean, I was uh, I was curious about this coach before, but even more so now when you know hearing uh, a bit more about the let's say the usual day-to-day -day tasks. So you want a passionate coach who's a workaholic who cares. That's exactly what's needed. So speaking about Chiabrishvili, let's just uh, why don't we start on the national team side of things uh, going into this episode. Um, but first of all, just an honest assessment here: How are you feeling right now about the process? Well, uh, it's a mix of of afraid and uh, scared <laughs> at the same time, and sad. Uh, I mean, there's a frustration going on, and not only in me, but in all Georgian football fans. Because this is a very weird situation. You know, we are two months, less than two months away from the first World Cup qualifier. Uh, the first calendar matches are really, really tough. 
and we don't have a name for the position. Um, this uh, I was I was actually reading a lot of comments on uh, on the social media, and they agree that the the federation has been really 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 good in 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 certain things, but in handling the national teams positions, it's been a little bit slower than expected. I mean, when when they hired uh, Vladimir Weiss, actually there was not a public opinion about it. You know, we had we had a coach. It was Kahit Hadadze, and he was doing a a kind of acceptable job, uh, except from from a couple of matches maybe. But he was he was kind of okay. You know, people were liking his his methodology, his his system. And then out of nowhere comes Vladimir Weiss, who actually was a good coach to me, a good choice as well. But there was not this kind of interaction between fans and media and the GFF. It just like the the name come up and and that's it. This is the choice we made and and, and period. And this time people are noticing the same kind of arrogant attitude from the federation, and and they're demanding names. They're demanding names for for the position, and not only the names. They're demanding the last name already, and we have nothing from them. Yeah. I can sort of get the, the the frustration from the public because the, the GFF have known for a long time that Vice would leave. So you want to ensure that you are prepared uh, better than what you know what's been said so far. Uh, I think the silence is what worries people. The silence means that you don't have nothing going on. But maybe I mean they must have for sure. Uh, but maybe they don't want to leak details and 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 names. But Still, I feel it should be done uh, already by now, to be honest, because it's been, like you said, it's just, uh, what is it, less than two months or exactly two months uh, from from the first game and you're not ready yet. I mean, the only name so far which I've seen has been, let's say, a bit more concretely dropped in the media is Sergio Batista, the Argentinian football coach. And since he is more in your region, uh, Kari, do you have any comments about that name just spontaneously speaking from your mind do you feel yes or do you feel like oh what's your what's your feeling there well yes actually i've uh, i've heard some comments and rumors about batista uh, also from from local media here in costa rica they've, they've mentioned that he's a candidate for for this for the spot uh, i'm kind of kind of surprised that in georgia nobody is actually investigating about him and, and his name and um, and as you said, GFF has, has not kind of offered the, the the complete review about this 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 rumor. Well, I know him. I, I know him for a while now. I've I've seen him coaching a couple of teams in Argentina. I follow the the football of Argentina, of South America, overall. And uh, to be honest, he's a, he's a normal, an average manager. Uh, I don't want to kind of offend him or, or whatever, but he's he's a normal coach. He worked with Maradona as well as assistant manager in the, the national team of Argentina. Also managed yeah. to to coach 17, 18 matches during 2010. Around, it was not something really, really great to be honest. I, I'm not a huge fan of his system. Um, I know that then after that, during the last 10 years, he's been traveling around the globe. He's been in China, in Bahrain, in Qatar. I'm not so sure how much he he could grow as a coach. I'm I'm just a little bit worried that he's not familiar to the European football as a manager, uh, and I'm not really sure if he knows and he's familiar with the Georgian football specifically. I know that his his pass through Bahrain was was chaotic. Six matches, one victory, just three goals scored. 
um, his offensive football was not very very uh, kind of good to be <laughs> to say it shortly. Um, but you know, I have another another position on this, Emir. And before before I go back to you, and it's that well, we've 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 had huge names in the position of the national team's head coach, really good names. I can remember a lot of them, but they were not good enough. So maybe we we need to stop looking for names and start looking for people who are actually into the idea, into the mindset of listen, we have to come back here and and become workaholics and and work extra time and do everything we can just to push this through you know maybe we need somebody with this attitude and not just a name with a with a huge cv yes but one thing that i reflect on when i see his cv and i see the clubs apart from argentina after that it has been bahrain and qatar and those kind of teams why would he be interested in in Georgia, what's his motivation? Is it just uh, to see it as a project similar to Qatar and uh, and uh, the one in Bahrain, or you know, uh, is it for the paycheck? Uh, what's the motivation of someone who is not familiar with Georgian football to just go there and uh, try to guide them through a difficult coming qualification group? Well, that's a good question, actually. Either you have to be delusional, <laughs> or or maybe you should have a, a really good project working on with the federation, with the host federation. Uh, and actually, I was uh, during the last weeks, I've been speaking to a, to a couple of, of friends of mine who are football players, and some of them are members and were members of the national team of Costa Rica, as you know, a very successful national team. Uh, and you know, uh, I spoke with with kind of around 10, 15 of them. And I asked them about, uh, yeah, guys, listen, what would you do if you were like working for the Georgian Federation and you have this crazy qualifying group coming up and uh, you have to look for a normal coach who actually can accept the challenge? Uh, and some of them were like, listen, there's there's no way I would, I, as a coach, I would take that that chance because it's uh, it's it's kind of risky for the CV, for the career, for everything, man. Well, we have to be honest, the group is really, really hard. And Georgia at this moment is is kind of changing the generation. We have a, a lot of pl- important players from the national team uh, without clubs, without practice, without um, any possibility to be competitive at this point. And we have a lot of young players who, who doesn't have experience to to pick up the, our shirt and to face Spain and Sweden and Greece uh, and Kosovo. They're not at the, at the point. So it's pretty hard. but but there's there's a huge but and and this was coming from one of the players I can't say his name uh, but he gave me a, a complete different overview and he said listen sometimes we need to change the goals you know and unfortunately we are this kind of short short term minded especially in Europe you know we have a, a lot of qualifiers we have every two year qualifier now we have the Euro Nations League um, and we think in a short in a short uh, term matter. So if you'd like to think this way, when you should bring just five, six defenders and play ugly and awful football, because there's no way in two months you can get ready to face Spain and beat them in a, with offensive football. Uh, but if you start thinking in a long-term style and you consider that uh, soon we'll, we'll be hosting a, a youth European championship and considering that we're having new challenges coming up from the next year, maybe we could take this opportunity to to bring some 
young players, I mean really young players to the national team. Because, he, you know what he said, Amir? He was like, uh, okay, why would Georgia be a candidate to qualify to a final tournament? And uh, I was like, crazy. Yeah, yeah. We, we, I said, listen, that's the same thing Temur Ketspaya used to say to the media. You know, it's kind of aggressive and negative. Uh, and I said, well, because this is football and we actually, uh, it's competitive, miracles happen. And he said, listen, I'm, I'm a football player and I don't like miracles. I want to gain and, uh, and, and, and do everything with my, with my sacrifice, you know? And he said, if you want to be the best or among the best, you need to have your players in the best leagues. And he asked me, how many players you have in the top leagues of Europe? And my answer was less than three. And that's not good enough, Amir. That's not good enough. And he was, he was straight. He said, well, you have less than three players in the top leagues of Europe. How would you be better candidates than other European countries who have potentially uh, professional players playing every weekend in England, in Spain, in Italy? Uh, you can't just beat them like, like by miracle, all of them. You, you first need to kind of create the structure. And he said, my recommendation will be think about the future, bring young players for this qualifiers they will gain a lot of experience yes maybe they will not win against sweden spain but they will they will have really really good opportunities one-on-ones face-to-face against top talent players and the next time the next qualifiers they'll be more than ready so i guess that's that's something we have to consider yes why not i mean georgia is a country who we have to think smarter than anyone else because we don't have the same talent pool as France, Spain, and so on. So we need every single opportunity for the young players to to be as educated as possible before they come through. I mean, so as they come through, they are really fully ready. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of like the concept, but I think this needs to come from GFF. I mean, they must say, you know what, guys, the whole country, this is what we're doing with the football team right now. We're going to press the reset button and we will... Uh, you know, uh, skip the results short term and in hopes for a better, stronger, more competitive team. So see it as a process. And if that's the case, why would you spend millions on our experienced coach right now? If results is not what you need, then you should look for just uh, someone who's experienced with development, with youth uh, and, you know, a great people person. Uh, who does not need to feel the pressure of results so that you can take three, four straight losses in this coming qualification and still feel like you're on the right way process-wise. But this is, of course, something which needs to come from above. So, I mean, that will essentially dictate about the plan. So we can almost tell by whoever will be the coach. We We should be able to tell the goals of GFF. If it's an experienced name, we know that results is somehow important. Uh, if it's a let's say less less well-known name or less expensive name, we might think that it's more of a process that is the direction we're going here. And I agree completely with you. And also one additional thing we we, can, we have to consider is that this is a good opportunity for our young players to to get chances in better leagues. I mean, if they play against Sweden, Spain, you know, the, the, these matches are are broadcasted all around the globe, you know, and uh, this is a good opportunity for them to show their skills. 
to to reach these top leagues. And we actually need players from you know being in in this competitive environment. And we're missing that kind of players, to be honest. And uh, I guess from from every every point of view, oh, I mean, we are two less than two months away from from starting this qualifying. Uh, even at our top, this group would be really complicated. I'm not saying we have to throw it away. I'm not saying that we need to have a competitive health and and mindset, but we have to be realistic and we have to take advantage of this situation. And that would be, of course, I completely agree with you. Bringing somebody who has this human warm and who has this constructive mind to help our young boys to develop in the national team, for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. But uh, like aside from the coach, the other thing which must work is mm -hmm. the future of Chakwetadze. Because he's been such a key part in the recent Nations League. Then his career took a bit of a hit with some injuries. And I'm just wondering, like, do you start to feel a bit worried for 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 Chakotadze? Yes, yes, I am. Um, not because I'm I don't trust him as a player, because I consider that Chakvez is one of the best players I've seen with a Georgian shirt in the last uh, in the last years. He's very different. Uh, actually, I was admiring him even before when he started in Dynamo. Um, the problem here is that we kind of have a, the same pattern repeating itself for the Georgian talents. And that's something that worries me a lot. And that's why actually I asked Darren in the last episode uh, about uh, any physical structure failing for Georgian football players. Because they usually get this kind of strange and serious injuries when they're uh, under 19, 20s. And then they miss three or four years of very important moment in their careers uh, so i can give you a lot of names i mean i've been in in, in this in during 30 years and i have a lot of names I, i could say more than 100 of good players who are top talents that we will consider all oh, this and these guys are going to end up in, in barcelona in real madrid competing for the best and the best uh, and, and they couldn't reach 21 years um after 21 years they couldn't reach an, a normal club because of injuries uh, you can remember levan kenya Man, yeah. he was he was brilliant. He was brilliant, and he was also playing in Schalke. You know who was the substitute of Levan Kenya? It was Ivan Rakitic. I mean, Levan Kenya was was in the in the main lineup, and Rakitic was sitting there. And and do you know where is Levan Kenya now? Because I don't. You know, he's he ended up playing in Luxembourg in, in Georgia Lakes, and I do not blame him. He was technical. He was he had a great career ahead. But the injuries broke him down. I have a lot of names. I have Ratitsenams Goshvili. I have Beka Gotsiridze. I have Janno Ananidze. I mean, a lot of good names. And uh, sadly, they ended up like under, um, like nothing. And I'm really worried about Chakotadze because I don't want this to be his story. He needs to be really strong mentally. And uh, he needs to overcome this one way or another. Because we need him as country. And he needs to 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 go through this if not his career will be a complete mess no i'm i really agree but like it's really a sad development that georgia has because they will be like we are the country who produce technically brilliant midfielders but they are fragile as a thin piece of glass um, but you know that's not their fault it might be due to the education they get or some kind of structure fault somewhere uh, early on Uh, I had an interesting discussion about this on Twitter with some with some other Georgian football fans, 
and you know they mentioned the the same thing that it must be the most unlucky nation in Europe when it comes to you know keeping key players fit. Do you think it's something related to biotype? Because that's something I asked to Darren. Uh, because when when you only have this kind of technical players, you know that the technical players will receive a lot of fouls. You know that they're going to have a lot of impact during the games. And in the Umaglesi Liga, uh, the the let's say the confrontation, the impact, the the shock between players, it's not so aggressive. So when they go abroad, uh, the first weeks they're already injured because they're not used to this kind of of straight and strong competition. Uh, so do you think there should be some kind of change in their development when they're younger? Yeah, yes, but I don't have a, like constructive ideas of how. But, uh, well, all I know is that what you're saying is is true. I've heard this as well from players directly who said that uh, when they moved from Ernoli Liga to somewhere else, they noticed uh, immediately on the first practice in their new club the change of intensity and how much more they run. Uh, you know, you need to have much better lungs as soon as you move out from from the Ernoli Liga. You start to have a lot more physical training. Uh, mm-hmm. intense combats I mean you need to be ready for this and if you're not your body's going to take you know worst case scenario it's going to take a very serious hit uh, in best case you're going to feel a bit bruised and uh, get like slowly get used to it but for sure Ernoli Liga when it comes to fitness it's a big bridge to cross when you go abroad uh, how do you do this you need better coaches you need coaches to play physical on training you need great physios uh yeah, you just need that kind of mindset and not be so protective of yourself during uh, during uh, during training. I mean, that's what what builds the culture. Um, you know how we say the Premier League is the toughest league in the world and championship. Well, that's because they are used to this kind of environment. Take Ernoli League. I think I could go there and be pretty safe. I mean, I wouldn't worry about my legs, to be honest. What if they bring or they start bringing? foreigner players to the Eredivisie Liga who are competitive and who are used to this kind of uh, aggressive football maybe that could, that could help or at least they could, it could raise a little bit higher the, the this sensible and competitive matter maybe i guess it's one solution but you know that's only one player out of out of 11 in the team who will uh, you know bring up the tempo and 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 the intensity uh, you need more than that. Uh, you need more than just a bunch of foreigners. But it has to start somewhere. But I think it starts on the on the training field and by the coaches and uh, yeah, the way the training sessions are built. But you know, I'm, I'm not a coach. I've not been there on the on the field myself, so I can't really uh, give a fair view on it. But yeah, for sure, it's it's something that you need to that you need to do. Let's say to to be better prepared for for when you do cross the border uh, to a better league. But uh, why don't we uh, go through, let's say, the latest uh, the latest transfers? Uh, just uh, we're in a time where a lot of player movement is happening, uh, and we were also just talking about, you know, Ernoli Liga to uh, to take the next steps and so on. So uh, when we speak about the transfers, why don't we just start with Dinamo Batumi's team uh, as they look right now? Because uh, I can't remember personally a better. A better transfer window, a better competitive team than what they are currently uh, showing. What's your uh, spontaneous reactions there? 
Well, I was a little bit surprised, to be honest, Emir, because, well, as you remember, in one of, of the episodes, I was very critical and sceptic with Dinamo Batumi, as their, as their European appearance in 2020 was, uh, from my point of view, terrible. And I was expected, I was expecting much more than that. Um, so then they started to, to sell some players, and I said, oh, listen, this is another Georgian uh, club project which is going to be a complete failure but now in the middle of, of this financial crisis um, they're getting really interesting names into the into the club and maybe this is some kind uh, linked with our last topic maybe this kind of could help to the team to rise uh, what it has rise definitely is the competition in the in the in the top side of the league I mean Dinamo Tbilisi had to had to answer by hiring also uh, international players and uh, well of course these two teams at this moment are way up uh, from the rest of the of the clubs which means that we will possibly have uh, a league of two or three clubs the rest of them are going to be on the same spot because financial uh, situation is really 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 uh, terrible at this, at this point from the other side we'll have an interesting competition up there in in the first positions um, so yes, I'm I'm not really familiar with uh, with a couple of the names, but I've seen their their CVs and they look really really interesting. What would you say about them? Well, about Batumi, I'm I'm thinking of it as a not just as a as a current football club, but as a as a potential. Let's not go too far now, but can they be the Shakhtar Donetsk kind of hub, but in the Caucasus? As in, they have all the they have a new stadium, they have a beautiful city. Uh, you know, you live right by the sea. You should attract players who wants to live there. I mean, why don't you want to get paid? You want to have an apartment by the sea. You play at a very, very new stadium, and you know you have everything there. Uh, the most passionate fans. Uh, potentially, they have the tools to really, let's say, grasp their leading position in Georgia, but also try to do some noise in Europe. If they continue this way, I mean, we see now Famara Sanogos arriving from Lechia. Uh, another one which I'm mostly impressed with is uh, Lukas Grozurek uh, from Austria, and he has been uh, the teammate of Kiteshvili in Sturm Graz as well. Uh, then they are signing key players from the rivals, uh, like Sabertalo had to give up uh, Altunashvili and their and their main goalkeeper, but also uh, Azatsky is coming back to to uh, Georgia again uh, on the central back, so. They look really, really competitive, and uh, they have, the, like I said, they have the tools to become more than that. Uh, you know, certainly more than, let's say, uh, uh, the neighboring countries. Uh, Karabakh, sure, they have more money to to use, but it's a prettier place to live in Batumi, and you know, the attraction they certainly have. Yes, I agree. I, I believe this this has to do something with Vladimir Dualishvili. Uh, he retired from from professional football, but started to work in the direction of, of Dinao Batumi. And I'm not sure if this is just a coincidence or 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 if it is not. But since the moment he started to work there, this this important name started to to raise in the club. So I'm starting to think that that Vladimir maybe has uh, that kind of Shakhtar Donetsk view for Georgia. And I, I, you know, I, I can't deny the fact that somehow it looks similar at the beginning. Of course, Shakhtar started with a with a strange relation with Brazilian football schools and, and development. 
but why not to do something similar? I mean, uh, it doesn't have to be Brazilian players only. We could we could do something like this. And I completely agree with you. And I, I want to say once again, I'm just amazed by the fans of Dinamo Batumi. I mean, this is not a new club. They have a story. Uh, they have a beautiful, as you said, a beautiful, wonderful, developed city. And they're closer to Europe as well, which is important. Um, so um, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if I'm, I'm just exciting myself too much with this. And uh, I just I don't want to go on watch again as, as we usually do with Georgian clubs. You know, when we see something right yeah. uh, and we, we jump a lot. We used to be because we're not used to, to these kind of good things. But I'm, I'm starting to see something special here. Yes. Definitely, definitely. And of course, we mentioned Dinamo had to counter a bit. They brought in mainly two Serbians uh, from, I think, uh, the Belarus League and mm-hmm. one recently from Pol- from the Polish League. Uh, mm-hmm. But also uh, Fabian Sporksleder from uh, Ajax, uh, Ajax youth teams at least. He's, he's uh, been educated there on the right back. So is that enough? Do you think they'll still go into the season as favourites? Mm, um, well, usually Dinamo Tbilisi is favorite always, you know. Uh, the problem with Dinamo is not bringing in good players; it's letting go good players. You know, they 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 have this kind of um, pattern repeating itself year after year. At this point, to be honest, the winter market has been much better than I've seen possibly during all the independent Georgia. Um, so what I start to think with this is that they might be planning something important for the European tournaments. Now, the important thing is not them getting these players now in January, is to keep them in June, July for the European tournaments. And uh, maybe uh, if they have this adaptation of six months, maybe they can they can reach an European group stage. I would be just amazed. I think both teams are, are capable of doing such thing. And also we have to consider that the weakness uh, in the rest of the European countries is the same as in Georgia. Most of the clubs, they have financial situations now. So maybe we can, I don't want to be aggressive on this, but maybe we can kind of use that as an advantage and maybe as an opportunity to, to get there where we want to go. Yeah, no, I agree. It's really interesting to see that for once there's a real competition in the Arunuri League and I don't know who will be winning this time. And that's in itself a, a good sign. But let's take our eyes a bit uh, outside of Georgia and we'll look at our other players who are surrounded by a bit of rumours. Uh, why don't we talk a bit about uh, Kvartskelia? He's still in Rubin, still doing good. He scored, I think, uh, two goals today as we are recording this. But what, what do you think is his is his best move? I mean, he's constantly surrounded by, by big clubs. Yeah, I personally love Huicha. He's, he's a great player. I don't want to speak too much because I don't want him to, to be one of the least of the ones we mentioned, like yeah. uh, like Chakwe and, and Kenya and Ananidze. Um I would say he needs to he needs to go somewhere with both enough time to to play on competitive level and also a kind of club where he can develop physically and mentally. Um, I'm not sure if staying in Russia is a good option. Uh, I, I, I see the time is running up and he's he's still in Rubin. Maybe he will play if he he will end this this season there. Uh, but I would think that maybe maybe German football will be great. Maybe some club of Bundesliga. I've heard a lot of a lot of clubs that are interested on him. Uh, but I, I I don't know. Actually, I, I'm starting to to keep the bets to myself 
because uh, honestly, I don't want anybody to waste this talent. I don't want him to go to to any other club where other judges have have gone and to just stay there sitting and and waste all his talent. Uh, but you, as a Western um, minded, how how would you act instead of of Huicha or instead of his agent? What would you do? I wouldn't go for the paycheck, it's easy for me to say, but I would go for a club which has a track record of uh, giving young players the chance to play. And uh, for me, the first thing that comes to mind is uh, the Salzburg uh, organization. I think uh, there will be a great fit. I think it's a good league where he can still rack up really good numbers. Um, let's, let's face it, there's a dominant team. They play weaker teams. He will uh, inflate his uh, assist and goal rates there if that move was to happen. Uh, I'm not sure how realistic that even is, but certainly for me, he has the potential to to play in such a team. And that's my number one uh, wish, uh, let's say. Would you say, Emir, that there's a there's need of another step before he jumps from, from Russia to Germany? Maybe he needs to go to Netherlands, maybe uh, this kind of technical clubs in, they have in Eredivisie. Why not even Ajax? I mean, this guy has has been in, in, in every portal, in, in, in every media in Western Europe. Why not to think about a top um, Dutch club before going to Germany? Why not? Yes, why not? I mean, uh, Dutch or Austrian, for me, it's a similar strength league, to be honest, uh, when it comes to the top teams. So that that would be the greatest move, in, in, in my opinion. Uh, Belgium, I would... Maybe consider it, but not primarily as a, as a primary choice. I'm, I'm sure he has better clubs uh, at his at his options coming his way uh, as we go on. Yeah. And speaking about Austria, we have Otsar Kiteishvili, who is doing great there. After his injury, he's back. He's been scoring, assisting. I, I mean, uh, personally, I'm, I'm amazed by this guy. I can I can tell you that, that currently um, I consider him one of the key players of the national team and I, I would say the, one of the best players of Georgia. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of surprised that he's still there. He hasn't moved. Uh, I've seen that they have interest on him from Turkey, some of the top clubs, but nothing is 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 completed or fulfilled yet. It's just rumors. Uh, but that's another question I would I would like to throw to you. What would you do? Because he's already in Austria, and I I would say that he needs to think about a major tournament. I mean, he's young. His his quality is good enough. He's he's growing a really really constructively. Uh, so, what would you say about him? I think he's uh, he's it's for me he is still the best player of the national team. Uh, yes, Kvartskalia is different in in some other ways and like provides big importance as well. But for me, he's the most complete player in his position. Um, I think he will stay with Storm this season because they have a decent shot on the title. I think they are playing. Uh, Great football now. They had a difficult season. Uh, was it one one year or two years ago? Uh, but now they're really challenging in, in the top, and he's doing great. Um, and like I said, this this Turkish interest, which was there, I think a few windows ago, it might still be there. But I wouldn't pick that league. I would I would uh, I would aim somewhere higher. And he's still 24, so I think he must do this move in yeah in the coming. Uh, in the coming windows, at least. But also, I read something that uh, the Sturm uh, sporting director said that, uh, you know, they are very much aware that such a quality player uh, will eventually leave. And they have already said that, you know, they have to prepare for the life without uh, Kite. So 
it, it's on their mind. I think it will happen in in one or two windows, I say, or after the season. Um, but let's uh, let's move on. We have a couple of names to go through here, to be honest. Uh, Arabidze joined the rotor squad of the Georgians uh, from Nacional. I know he don't want to to go back to Portugal, so probably rotor will be the will be his his nearest future here. Um, What's what's your general opinion there? Arabice is someone who's let's say not lived up to his potential yet. Mm-hmm. Well, he's he's on loan, right? Uh, that's yes. that's the information. Um, I I love Arabice. That's another great player. I was really surprised that he didn't make it in in Portugal. I'm not so sure what happened there. Um, he also has been really uh, professional about it. He hasn't said anything about about Portugal about national. But uh, I'm really worried because he he has been for the last year kind of disappeared from the from the from the market from 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 the spotlight, and uh, the kind of player he is and the quality he has, he shouldn't be just away from the news. You know, uh, I'd like I'd like his move to Rotor because he will he will have minutes there, hopefully, and I need him to or we all need him to get back to his uh, to his uh, let's say status. To his fitness, and and then look forward for a, for a better league and a better club. But I'm really surprised with him because he is he was really really good, a great player, great technical player, great assisting skills. So I'm I'm not sure what's happening there. I'm, I don't want to uh, jump over anything and say that it's something mental. I'm I'm not so sure about that. I I see him very professional, very into the career, a very a very good boy, a very healthy boy. But yeah, we need to see. This is, I, I would say, the the last opportunity to him to show his skills. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, while we are on Rotor, by the way, they have six Georgians now. Oh my God, <laughs> we have they have six Georgians plus one. <laughs> yes, Flamarion will count as uh, like a half. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> I mean, you said yourself, like as a fan of Rotor, would you be happy? Having six Georgians on on your team. As a fan of of Rotor, I, I'm not so sure. Um, they they would have to be, as you said, brilliant for me to be happy. Yeah. I'm not so sure if these guys are brilliant. I'm not I'm not a huge fan of all of them. I I mean I respect them. I I love them all. I wish them the best. Uh, but I'm not so sure if they're going to be good enough to keep the fans happy. What would you say? What would you say about them? Because you you have a Western view, as I always say, uh, a very uh, I would say a better view, without disrespecting anyone. But you know, these are players who've been playing. Some of them, uh, I see Beriashvili also also joined. He was playing in Tel Aviv, a team who yeah. just came up to the Umaglesi Liga. Um, I mean, what would you say when you see this kind of names in 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 a club you follow? Uh, I would say that I'm sure that this is not Rotor's strategy to say let's only sign Georgians. This comes from some sort of uh, cooperation uh, between uh, you know the sporting uh, decision makers and uh, some some good agents uh, placing their players there, or they have a good relationship somehow. But I also know that Rotor needs to get rid of some foreigners because now they have simply too many of them, and uh, this cannot go on. But for sure, uh, it's a it's a move which which have happened now, and there are six of them, and they continue to sign players from the Georgian league uh, or of Georgian nationality. Uh, but they're also last last place, I think, or among the last in the Russian Premier League. So if they would be relegated, 
the, all these players have to look for other clubs again, so it can be very, very short, short-lived. Yes, and it has happened before. It has happened before, yeah. and, and with the same conditions, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, let's take our eyes to Cyprus because uh, Papunashvili left Zaragoza to join Apollon Limassol. So it's not the Ketspaya's team, but okay. the rivals, right? Yes, yes, and it was a, an interesting move. We didn't expect Papunashvili to 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 leave Zaragoza yet. Um, and Apollon was definitely not not the destination we had we had thought about uh, for him, uh, but he's a good player. I really hope he he managed to 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 make an impact there. Uh, I kind of think that he is reaching his top at this moment. Um, I'm not happy that this is happening in in Cyprus. It's, it's a good league. It's a good club, but somehow the expectations were were higher for him when he went to Spain from uh, from Georgia. Uh, but Cyprus is becoming another another good home for Georgian players. Uh, you know, Kespaya is there in Anathosis, and and I've heard that also Guilia could join from Lechia on loan. Um, I know that Anathosis left um, one of their creative players, uh, so Kespaya is looking looking someone to 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 put there. They're competing for the for the for the league yet. They're on the fourth position, um, I believe. And yeah. uh, well, Guilia has been really good in Lechia, so I'm not so sure if going on loan to to Cyprus could be a good idea at this moment. Uh, what would you say about this this option? Mm, nah, I would I would be staying in uh, in uh, Lechia to be honest, if from a player perspective. But maybe he wants to, maybe he's interested in joining you know the other Georgian uh, players there. Uh, why not? There you have the coach. You know that you will be playing, but it's not like a really competitive league in my view. I would leave that out. I don't think uh, it would make me a better player, so I would completely leave that out. To be honest, no disrespect to Cyprus, but mm-hmm. just looking at it from a sporting perspective, then uh, that will be my decision. But um, well, we have two other players who are on free transfers. To be honest, we have uh, Kazajvili and Kvekvskiri. They uh, have left their respective clubs. And are looking for new clubs at this point in time. Uh, starting with Kazaj, really, do you think uh, where, where would you place him? Well, to be honest, now now that Anorthosis is looking for for a midfielder, I would say both Kazajvili and Kwekwesquiri will be good enough for the for the position, and I'm pretty sure Ketspaya is aware of that. Uh, I mean, both uh, both players are really good. They are very important for the national team. I would say Kazajvili is already. Like he's, he needs like uh, he will play like two more years in a competitive level. Um, not sure if if he will he will he will last any longer in, in top leagues maybe or middle middle leagues. Kwekwesquiri is growing, and and I've heard that uh, some Georgian clubs are are kind of looking after him. Maybe Dinamo Tbilisi and Dinamo Batumi as we as we suppose. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I would say that Kwekwesquiri needs to stay abroad. Um, and why not? I, I mean, Anarthosis could be a good option for him. I mean, he's a really, really good player, and he has a lot of uh, Anarthosis has a lot of Georgian players from the national team, so it will be good to to keep them together, so they will be like more attached for the national team matches. Speaking from that point, but that point of view, and about Vako, I mean, he is he is great. Uh, we all love him. But he has a couple of months without playing constantly. The last part of the MLS, he was not uh, often 
playing for the San Jose Earthquakes. So I'm not quite sure in which conditions he is, but uh, but I really hope that he finds a club soon because uh, the, the window is closing. So I don't know. He's, what would you say about him? He's, do you think he's another kind of, uh, of, let's say, I don't want to use this word because it's too 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 mine, but like a wasted talent because we we all expected him to you know sometimes we we spoke about him going to Ajax and maybe going to Bayern München I, I remember uh, and now we're speaking about a, a top player one of the main players of the national team who's free agent and we don't even know where he is going to end up I think you've had an he's had an average career uh, you could expect a bit more but you know uh, overall I think he's been he's been good in in all of the clubs that he's been having so uh, that he's been in i should say so uh, f- for me that's that's uh, kind of quite expected uh, let's see where he goes next he's still free let's uh, we don't have more news at this point in time there uh, i think though the more interesting move is kankawa uh, who moved to french second division right uh, valenciennes Let's uh, hope yes. that my French, uh, that I didn't kill the French language there, but <laughs> that's a quite impressive move uh, still for his age, 35. No, I mean, Jabba is great. He's great. He's been uh, this kind of wolf. Um, he's, he's been always like this. I remember the first time I saw him, he was uh, he was 17. He was part of the generation of Dinamo Tbilisi who, who, went, to, who went to the UEFA Cup group stage it was not Europa League yet. Um, he was a wolf, man in the middle. And he's 34, and he's still a wolf. He already played in Valenciennes. I mean, he had just five training seasons with the club, and he was already in the pitch. So, yeah, definitely the captain has lungs, has fit, has has everything. Physically, he's the best player I've seen in Georgia. Um, even maybe before our independence. I've never seen a, a Georgian player with that kind of of character and aggressive, aggressive uh, mentality in the middle. I, I, I just love him. And to be honest, we're going to miss him a lot in the national team when he retires. I hope he'll play until, uh, let's say, 45, 50 years. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a good move for him, I think. You know, leaving Kazakhstan and going to France is uh, is a good, reasonable step. Uh, why not play, you know, the last year or two there? And he's been in France before, so he probably speaks the language. Um, and has no problem settling in. Uh, another uh, quick rumor which we can mention as we are on this list is uh, coming from Ernoli Liga. It's uh, I've read on Polish Twitter though that Georgi Kochredze of Sabortalo uh, interests Lechia. Lechia is, seems to be on the hunt for some uh, offensive uh, Georgians, it seems. Uh, maybe to replace Quilia, I don't know. Or they had just gotten a good, uh, let's say, feeling about Georgia after having some successful transfers there. But this is only Polish rumors uh, from Twitter. So I have not really uh, seen official statements from any from anywhere. Uh, but this is a strange one for me because he's been injured uh, with a serious injury recently and just come back. And it hasn't been, let's say, uh, a complete standout, fantastic uh, player in Ernul, in in the Ernul Liga, in my opinion, um, so it's a bit of a surprising rumor. But again, Lechia, I also read they are looking at some players over in Azerbaijan. So maybe they're just scouting the whole uh, Caucasus region and uh, 
yeah, and spot some kind of young, young, talented offensive players. But uh, that's that's an interesting one which uh, I wanted to mention while we we're on this list. And that was sort of uh, all the current uh, transfer rumors that we had uh, on this list up until this point. So that's the latest. Uh, I think it was a great uh, run through of uh, the most current news there. But another topic that we wanted to cover was actually uh, the Georgian Mamluks. Uh, we don't have time to go through all these today, but it's a really, really interesting topic, uh, which we will leave until next time. But Kaki, do you want to mention uh, how do we define a Mamluk, just so people know? Yes, well, it is an it is an old word. Uh, back in the 11th, 12th, 13th centuries, uh, they used to call Mamluks to the to the army of mercenaries that they had in Egypt. So they will kind of kidnap Georgian, Armenian, and Caucasian uh, boys and sell them on, on Turkish markets and take them to Egypt and raise them as warriors. So that word kind of remains in our culture, and we kind of call Mamluks every single Georgian who lives abroad and represents other countries. Like for me, I would be a Mamluk because of because of my duties. I represent Costa Rica, even if I'm 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 Georgian. But yeah, that's a that's a really really important topic. And the noise of some of the names in the media and mostly in the in, in the area, in the environment of Georgian football fans, have been really huge in the last months. So yeah, that's that's a, that's a huge topic, and we'll we'll cover it for the next one. Yeah, absolutely. I really look forward to that because there are some great names on that list who we would personally love to see in the Georgian shirt in the future. But now we will meet uh, in two weeks again, Kaki. Uh, but what do you hope uh, have happened until then? What's your expectations? Well, well, I, to be honest, my only expectation is to have the name of the of the future coach of the national team, and, and hopefully a couple of reviews of his first interviews. I really want to, uh, I really want to share in two weeks some comments about what he's planning to do with our boys. And uh, what is the strategy of the GFF? Uh, I would say that that's that's not much to ask, right? Well, what would you say about it, Emery? No, I agree. I will keep my expectations low. I want some answers, some concrete names, and hopefully, I want to know who will be on the sideline when they fa- uh, when they kick off against Sweden uh, in uh, in the month of March. And I hope to have those those news in the coming two weeks. Uh, so let's keep our expectations low as that. And we see if our wishes come true. Simple as that. Uh, We will meet again soon. And uh, that being said, until next time, we say Nachwamdis.